Welcome to Sky High Results Online, where I interview the best online marketers and uncover their top strategies to drive the growth of their business. I'm your host, Victoria Gibson, and I'm here to share the best advice for women entrepreneurs to boost their online marketing efforts and get results now. Now, here's your episode. Okay, welcome to Breakout Success Online with Victoria Gibson, where I lift the lid on what it really takes for women entrepreneurs to create runaway success in their business and life. Today's guest is Laura Roda. Laura is a social media marketing expert who teaches small businesses how to become well-known and claim their brand online. She's the creator of LKR Social Media Marketer and Creating Fame, and also the author of Facebook Fame, the Facebook marketing bible for the small business. You can find her at lkrsocialmedia.com. And um, she was actually one of my early mentors when she was a coach mm-hmm. in Marie Forleo's Mastermind, which I was lucky to be part of in 2011. So I've long been an admirer and I'm super excited to have you on the show today, Laura, and happy to kind of dive in and find out the secrets behind your success and, and talk more about that, um, which, as I said, I've long been an admirer. So I'm happy to lift the lid. So welcome. Thank you. Very, very happy to be here. Yeah. So, you know, in today's episode, I'm going to be digging in to discover how you have become so damn successful when you've only just turned 30. That's always been one of my things. I'm like, she's a baby, but she's just so switched on. And um, I mean, I remember being that age and not thinking, uh, you know, wow, I'm, I'm so young. It's not like, you know, you just <laughs> crawled out of the womb or anything. <laughs> but to me, it feels like, wow, you've accomplished so much and known your direction. It just, it just seems in many ways, and I know it's not effortless, but it really seems very effortless and natural for you. And you know, to me, that's always been so interesting. And I've always, you know, had questions along the way that I thought, oh, I wish I'd asked her that or how's she done this? So this is my chance to kind of dive in and do that. So I hope you're, um, you're ready. Yeah, I dig, dig it. <laughs> Yay, love it. Um, yeah, what happened to wasting your 20s? Like you, you've got, <laughs> why don't you just, you know, travel around the world, which you kind of do too. And we're going to get do. into that. So yeah. yeah, tell me about your 20s and, and, how everything's kind of come about for you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I did, uh, I either did or didn't waste my 20s, depending on <laughs> how you look at it, because I did, I did miss out on, you know, a lot of the fun yeah. partying that people do when they're that age. I started my first business when I was 22, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of hard work to make a business work. Um, but I think I never got burnt out because I've, I've never been a crazy workaholic. Mm. You know, even when I was first starting my business, I've never been like, I'm, you know, I'm launching something new, so I have to work all weekend and I have to work all night. It just, it just doesn't work for me. So I've, I've never worked weekends, you know, not to say that I've never worked on a weekend, but it's never been just a regular part of my mm. work schedule. I don't, I don't stay up all night. So I think I was always able to have a nice balance in my life and still spend a lot of time with friends and still have fun. So I didn't get to that point. A lot of people get to where they have like the crisis and they're like, I have to throw everything away and go partying in Ibiza for three months, (laughs) you know, because I didn't let myself like get burnt out and get to that point. Yeah. Do you think there's some, and and you just saying this now has made me think of that because I've definitely been there, um, you know, in, in reinventing myself and having a certain lifestyle in my thirties to uphold, you know, Mm. or, or, you know, thinking it, not necessarily needing it, but thinking, okay, well, I've got this obligation, this obligation, I've got to, you know, I've got to make the cash, it's got to work. Do you mm. think 
jumping into into it in your twenties, where you know you're not exactly earning you know multiple multiple right. six figures that you have to maintain. You've got less to lose, maybe, is or is it just it just felt like I don't have to burn myself out. This is a choice of mine. What? Yeah, what I mean, you know, it is it is true that I had less to lose. You know, I don't have children to support. Obviously, yeah. that's that's a huge responsibility. You know, it doesn't feel like. When you're 22, if if it doesn't work out for you and you have to go be a waitress, well, like you're probably going to be a waitress anyway, right? It, just, it doesn't feel like so far, so far to fall. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I do think it's easier in that way. And there's also just the you know the ignorance is bliss. Like you just don't yeah. know when you're so young what you're taking on and and how much of a challenge people view it to be. You know, I really believe that when you when you think something's going to be easy, it is. I think that mm. attitude is really important. And I just, I just didn't know how hard people thought it was to start a business. <laughs> you know? did, did you know people doing that? Like, obviously, you've mentioned before your dad had his own business and your mm. mum worked in that business. So you kind of grew up with the fact that, yeah, you can have your own business. That was, that was part of your home life. But what, did you see other people doing this or what, you know, what made you think it was so, okay, I'm going to do it. It's okay well, for me. I really made a huge point to, to seek out that circle after I started. So I didn't know anyone else. When I first quit my job and worked for myself, I didn't really know anyone else who was doing that. The closest thing is, um, my, my best friend is an actress. And mm. by the time I started my business, she had moved out to LA to be an actress. She right. wasn't acting full time at that point. She was, she was working in a restaurant, but you know, she was doing what she wanted and she mm. had a lot of freedom in her life. Even though she still had the restaurant job, it was a lot more flexible than my office job, mm. you know, and, and she was still pursuing her dream. So we've always had a really great relationship where we've really been able to kind of inspire each other and build off each other. But, and I, but I didn't know anyone else who was doing it. But as soon as I started, um, I really I made a lot of friends. I went to a lot of networking stuff, mm. and I met a lot of people who were running their own businesses because I really wanted to surround myself with those people. What was the first kind of event that you went to, or what kind of you know? Do you remember one of those sort of online marketing kind of events, or was it a small business one, or how did you foray into that space? Like, what? yeah, I didn't start by going to the online marketing mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, when I say when I say events and networking, I would literally just go to you know I don't know what it's called Meetup in Australia. In the yeah. states, it's called Chamber of Commerce, yeah, like your. Yeah. Yeah. So your local, you know, in Chicago, they have them for all the different neighborhoods. So you just go to the little chamber of commerce meetups. I've, I didn't go to like big business conferences or anything like that. You know, the first big business conference I went to was for this thing called um, E Women Network, oh, yes. which was like yeah. a smaller, yeah, local networking group that I'd been to in Chicago, and they had their national conference. Um, and that was the that was the first like oh I'm going like I'm gonna you know fly myself out and like go to like a, a big conference yeah. that was the first big one. Great. So so just via doing chamber of commerce stuff, picking up. So was that when you were you had your web design business because you started off yep. having your own web design business? You went from working for an advertising agency mm-hmm. out of college. Is that right? Went yep. to yep. and then had your own web design business in Chicago. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. And then, then decided to go, okay, this is, this, I'm going to be capped out at a certain number of clients here where I'm doing all done for you web design and other kind of design. Is that right? Yeah. So I saw, you know, I saw kind of a limit where I was making, I remember I was making about $60,000 a year and, mm-hmm. 
that that was a huge yeah. amount to me, you know, at that time. I'd been making about thirty thousand at my job. So mm-hmm. I had I had doubled my salary right. you know, within two years of quitting. So it was a huge accomplishment. Uh, but I wanted to make six figures, you know. Yeah. I was like a lot of people, that was my big dream, hitting that yeah. six figure mark. And I just saw, well, I I can't really double it again, you know, I'm yeah. at capacity. I can't double what I'm doing now. And I just really didn't want to build an agency. Uh, So I had to kind of look around for other businesses and other business models. And so I started out just doing social media consulting. And then very quickly, I found the, you know, info product, online training, business Mm -hmm. model um, and transitioned into that. Yeah. So, So so how did you arrive at the social media consulting? Was it just something you were doing to market your own business that and you discovered that you were quite good at and you knew a lot more than others? Yeah, it came It came really naturally just sort of giving general online marketing advice to my web design clients. It wasn't right. even so much that I had like, I actually didn't, I didn't really start by marketing myself on social media. Right. I was more just using social media for fun. Right. Yeah. And my clients kept asking me about it because I would give them all sorts of online marketing advice. I thought that's what a web designer did. I learned later that web designers actually usually don't do that. <laughs> I don't, <yeah. laughs> but when I would when I would meet with my clients, it was all about, you know, how are you going to drive traffic to the site and like what's that traffic gonna do once they get there mm-hmm. and how are we gonna get them to convert into a sale for you? Like Great. I thought that was you know, a web designer's job, which is really like a marketer's job. Um, so when social media started to become a really big thing. It was just something that I was kind of doing for fun and I just, you know, just came very easily to me and they saw that I was on there and so they would ask me questions and yeah, that's really how I started doing social media. And how long did it start for you to get traction doing that new type? I I know you moved to LA, you start, Mm -hmm. you find your web web design clients. I'm telling all your story here. It's only because I want to get to the bits (laughs) that I don't already know. I'm really selfish. I'm like, I already know all that. No, but it's good because I think other people have probably heard me talk before too. Yeah, yeah. It's not that it's boring. It's a great story, but it's like, I want to get to to the other stuff that I don't know. So I'm just like, and anyway, you did that, whatever, whatever, keep going. Um, So you went went to California set up you know more of the online business models so when you did that who was in your network like did you have a list did you like did you just start from scratch like tell me how you got the ball rolling so I had a little bit of a list because I had kept a list in Chicago during my web design days because I had always tried to do a newsletter you know it was one of those things I would tell my clients to do and I knew it was a good idea but I just I couldn't get it together like I was supposed to send out one once a month um, and I never, you know, I never made it happen, yeah. but I did have probably, probably about 300 people mm-hmm. on my like email list. And those, I mean, literally they were all people I had met in person because I wow. wasn't doing any online marketing or social media marketing for myself. But if you go to enough networking events, you can meet 300 people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, right. And that's what I was doing. Um, so I did have like a, you know, a bit of a base to start with. And then the social media thing, I was just, you know, I really had good, I really had good timing with it. I was kind of in the right place at the right time. It definitely, it definitely was a natural fit and it definitely did start to take off on its own. Like my, my social media newsletter, The Dash, which I still do today, has yeah. always been like, I don't know, just sometimes you come across these little things that work really well for you. To this day, yeah. people love The Dash. Mm. Like, we yeah. just get so much feedback on it. Like we're constantly getting that. Like this is one of my favorite newsletters. 
Uh, it's a good newsletter. I don't yeah. really know why. People think it's one of the best <laughs> ever. It actually is. Good. It is really good. I love it. I always open it. So that's, yeah, it's just been one of those things that I sort of came across this little this little marketing tool that worked for me. In my case, it was a newsletter. People started to send it to their friends. You know, I was very active on Twitter and more and more people were following me on Twitter. So it did take off, you know, pretty well, pretty early because I found a combination of, of something people really wanted to know about. It was mm-hmm. very very mm. relevant and very hot yes. at that time and a few little marketing things that were working for me. Yeah, and then it started to work. So you're, so what did you start offering? Your, you had your backstage pass to Twitter. Was that your first offering or did you start with consulting or tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, I started consulting. So like I, I really started over in January 2009 because that's, mm-hmm. when, that's when I moved to LA. Yeah. And I was doing consulting, but I wasn't very successful at it. I was going for kind of like medium-sized businesses, trying to yeah. get kind of bigger contracts with them. And I got a few, but it was I wasn't I wasn't good at getting the work. I wasn't good at pitching myself. Like I I'm great at marketing. Mm-hmm. I am not so great at sales. I don't know yeah. so much about sales, and that was, you know, much more I think sales. You won- I think you won or the other generally. I don't know that many people who are good at both. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you won or the other from what I can tell. But anyway, that's just interrupting. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was so I was trying to do consulting and I wasn't making a ton of money from it. I wasn't seeing a lot of success. I was having mm-hmm. a lot of sort of dead-end meetings. And then when I first put out your backstage pass to Twitter, I, I remember, I wish I could remember the exact number, but I remember I sold like 3000 and something dollars Right. Like when yeah. I first sold the course, I did a live webinar to promote the course and I sold okay. $3,000 and I yeah. was like, what? Like, that, cause that was the type of contract I was trying to get these yes. like $2,000 contracts. And yeah. I'm like, I just had to do a webinar that was way easier than this whole sales process I've been doing. For mm. me, the webinar was easy, was fun. Yes. Um, so I very quickly, so I was still doing like some social media consulting during that time, you know, people that I was bringing in through like the interest and the online training programs, but I really, I really focused from that point on, on the online training. Yeah. So then you could just kind of let it go and say, okay, I'm going to focus on backstage pass to Twitter and mm-hmm. how at its height, how, how many of those programs were you selling? Like what, how did it sort of, do you remember? I mean, I could sort of work out the math because I, I did hit just over a hundred thousand dollars in my yeah. first year of business. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, in 2009, I made $112,000 mm-hmm. or something. And at that time, I was selling your backstage pass to Twitter. I was selling Creating Fame mm-hmm. and probably the WordPress course. Yeah, I must have been yeah. selling the WordPress course too. So, And they sold the smaller programs were like a few hundred dollars. Creating Fame started out at like 600 So I, I was selling a lot of them apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. They were just flying off the shelves. <laughs> just like, right. whatever. <laughs> Right. I mean, I was I was doing a lot of promoting. I wasn't just like, oh, where are these people coming from? I was, you know, very active in, in guest were, posting yeah. and being on podcasts and, and all the stuff I teach in Creating Fame and, and still do. Yeah, because you had some quite big exposure too. You were on Mixergy, right? How did, you know, so tell us about getting some high-profile gigs like that. Yeah, so this is what I teach in Creating Fame. Mm. I pitch myself for yeah. this stuff all the time. This is the big thing that people, like, that people don't know and people don't do. I mean, I had a post on a uh, pro blogger mm. in that first year that did really, really well. And I pitched it to pro blogger. I didn't yeah. know Darren. I didn't yeah. have any kind of relationship with him. But then I did over the years, like 
I now I do I do know like almost everyone in this little industry now because <laughs> I have been going to conferences over the years yeah. and I meet people in person and then you have a kind of you know I can come up to Darren and be like oh I posted on your blog and then you know we can have mm. a little chit chat so mm. I've just always my philosophy is like why not aim high I'm gonna take yeah. the time to write this guest post why am I gonna run it on a blog that ten people read when I can run it on a blog that ten thousand people read yeah exactly you know it's it's the same process so I did a lot of that right out of the gate and so it did feel to people like I had this big presence all of a sudden that came out of mm. nowhere and I was getting on you know top ten bloggers to watch mm. and all that kind of stuff yeah. type of lists because it, and it's no coincidence is because I was promoting myself pitching myself all over the place yeah and you were speaking at blogger as well weren't mm -hmm. you big conferences so yeah yeah you kind of aligned yourself you know with some of the big guns which really yeah I, I guess there's a theme there that you've always just kind of thought well there's a bit of I I not not in an arrogant way but I deserve that why am I yeah. going to go shoot down here? Why, why can't I start my own business when I'm 22? Why, exactly. why can't I, you know, be as successful as you are by the time you're 30? It's like, it's just, it's just is, right? Yeah, like, I mean, in 2009, I spoke at, at Blogger and mm. at South by Southwest. Yeah. And I pitched myself for both of those things because it's like, yeah, if I'm going to spend the time going to a conference, why not? I still, if there's a conference I want to go to, I always pitch myself to speak because I think, <laughs> well, if I'm going to show up, might as well speak. <laughs> Which I love. It's brilliant. So, and it, it's worked an absolute treat mm -hmm. for you. So then, you know, tell us about how things have morphed into, you know, it used to just be, um, well, what was your website when I started following you? I'm trying to remember. Was it, was, it just Laura It was laurarotor.com. Yeah, yeah, it was laurarotor. I thought it was. Okay. So now it's lkrsocialmedia.com. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about the move from, you know, kind of that solo face to more of a team and systems and what was kind of behind that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always, it's always been an interesting thing for me. I've, I always have been like the, the front woman in my marketing, um, but it's, 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 I always have mixed feelings about it. It's always a bit of a hard thing for me because it, it's fun and it comes easily to me and I do like, you know, doing interviews and being on camera and stuff like that, but I am not the type of person... I mean, you're similar, I think, in your public persona. You're not sharing, like, people know that you have kids, but they don't really know much about yeah. them. Like, yeah. you're just, you're like me and that you don't really like to share, like, all these personal details no. of your life. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people who are marketing with themselves as the face um, are very intimate and very mm. vulnerable with their audience. Like, our, you know, our mutual friend, Leonie Dawson, like, you read her blog, you know everything about her. <laughs> you know everything I'm like. Did she really just say that or even like, oh, I would never say that. <laughs> no, right, I'm right. like that too, yeah. Yeah, you know, and because that's, that's how she likes to roll, you know. Mm. Her audience gets to be very intimate with her because she shares it all, the good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly of her life. Um, but that's never appealed to me, but that's a model that you see out there a lot. So I've always mm. kind of gone back and forth between like being the face of the business and, and wanting to step back a little more. So with LKR, it's... I just wanted to transition the site away from being my name more to this bigger brand. And I knew I would continue to build out a larger team. Um, we haven't even mentioned Edgar because we haven't really gotten there yet. No, no, I just we launched will, that. We will get there. <laughs> we will. Yeah, that's but so, Phase. Right, right. But that's that's been really now I have this piece of software called Edgar and yeah. I'm not I'm not really the face of, I mean I do podcasts and stuff to promote it, but I'm not my picture's not on the website. You know, no. I'm not the face of it. And that's been a really fun experience for me, like getting to play around without marketing a little more. And there's something about that too in terms of let's talk about the leverage in your business and 
you know, I talked about you being a system superstar because that's one of the things that I just sit there with my jaw drop like, oh, I <laughs> wish I could do that. Um, so although, you know, we are similar in that I think it's it's great to be able to build a business that's not reliant on you and you having mm. to be the face and people expecting to deal with you and, you know, all that kind of stuff definitely gives you a lot more leverage. But you actually have always been really strong with having systems there that can replace you Mm -hmm. um, or that can allow you to step back, not work weekends, not work nights. So, and you know, obviously we're not going to go into the architecture of all that, but what, you know, tell me about, was that just, is it just, is that just an innate part of who you are or was that a really deliberate, I need to master this or does it just come supernaturally to you? It's really both. I mean, it's definitely something that it's definitely part of the way that I think. I think I'm a very just systematized thinker. Like, mm. I don't, I'm not a mind map person. Yeah. I, it just sort of overwhelms me. Like, I just love to make a list. I just yeah. open up a Google Doc and I just make a list, you know? <laughs> so I think I'm a very, like, linear sort of step-by-step mm-hmm. thinker in that way. Yeah. Um, it can slow me down, actually. Something I've had to overcome is that I get so caught up in thinking about how the process is going to work Sometimes I'm too quick to eliminate an idea if I don't know how the whole process is going to work. You know, right, like I'll have okay. some idea for some marketing thing and because I don't I can't figure out like how you would program that to make it happen, <laughs> I'll sort of push it aside where it's like, "Wait, I'm not the programmer. Like someone else can figure out that part." You know, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So, it, it is a part of how I think and also it's been a very very deliberate choice, you know. I've always I've always been very conscious of building a business that I could step away from. You know, I, which is why I haven't built a coaching business or Mm. a services business, Mm. which, you know, they're both excellent models. A lot of people in my community have, have had a lot of success with them, but I wanted something, you know, I'd like to have children. I knew Mm. that at some point, like, I want to take some time to be a mom, be able to be like, I'm just going to be totally off for three months and and spend time with my family. Yeah. So it gives you, it gives you that option to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really in terms of um, sharing from my perspective over the last, you know, we've known each other for, you know, nearly four years or whatever, and you've seen my journey from its infancy. And, you know, every time I think, okay, well, I'm going to do this coaching program or I'm going to go and do this because I just want to unlock this freedom in my business. Now I just go back and go, you know what? It's systems, it's staff, it's delegation. That's... I don't need any more ideas. I don't need yeah. any more pricing changes, programs, right. offerings. Like, I'm great at putting those together. That's not yeah. a problem for me. Getting clients is generally not a problem. All those things are fine. But that one thing that I was just denying because it's not my talent and it's not what I'm good at, it just, like, sent me around in loops and loops and loops. And it's just – I just kept thinking, you know what, that's all I need to focus on now to get the scale and leverage that I want. So, um, as I said, I totally admire, you know, your, your the example that you've set in, in that way because I've always thought, how, how did she just do all that? <laughs> and I know it's because I, I don't embrace that side of it. So, um, and you've always had a team, right, as well. So team's also been yeah. one of my blocks. So, you, you know, how did you start? How did you um, start your first, when did you start your first hire? What was that hire? Mm-hmm. And tell me about the team that you have now. So I've, I've always, a lot of people are really blocked up on, on having a team. Mm. I don't know if it's because I'm an only child and I'm spoiled. <laughs> I'm like, somebody else is going to do it for me? Great. <laughs> like, I don't know why people are so 
so upset about this idea. <laughs> it sounds amazing to me. So even, I mean, even when I was a web designer in Chicago, I had like, like little like assistants and interns that would kind of help me like manage client information, organize things and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, man, if I can, if I can pay somebody else to do it, you know, that's just, I will. That's, yeah, I'm happy to do it. So I, I haven't had those blocks around it that a lot of people have. I mean, of course I, as it's grown, as my team has gotten larger and I'm paying people more and more, there's definitely, you know, stuff that, that comes up that I have to work through for sure. Um, but when I was like first starting the social media business and the first person that I hired and hired as, as an independent contractor, not as like a W2 employee, um, she did just like a little bit of everything. I mean, I think a lot of online businesses, you have an assistant who does customer service Mm. and helps you with WordPress and helps you get your newsletter out. So she was one of those people just like good at a lot of things doing, doing a little bit of everything. Um, customer service is always something that I delegate very early on. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not that great at it. I get frustrated. So I know that somebody else needs yeah. to deal with it. Um, so I definitely had her like taking over customer service. I'm like, I can't argue with this woman about why this costs a hundred dollars. Like someone, <laughs> someone else has to go in there and take that over. I can't um, really ever imagine you getting super angry with anyone though. Like you always, just so I can't ever imagine you losing it I'm, I'm sure you do but I'm sure you walk away I don't know if you walk away from your computer and go are you fucking kidding me am I asking this I can't really imagine you doing that I just imagine you'd be like my assistant will handle that yeah and, I, see you later <laughs> I am, I am pretty, I am pretty sure. My husband calls me, uh, he calls me like Laws for Laura and he always calls me like Cool Hand Laws instead of Cool Hand Luke because he's like, you're always just like chill all the time. You are so chill. You are. (laughs) So it's true. I've never, I've never had like a screaming fit looking at a customer. I'll just be like, are they, are they serious? Like, okay, I can't, I can't deal with this. (laughs) You are, you just, you really are just the definition of cool, cool hand laws is a good <laughs> way to describe you. I really like that because it, it doesn't seem like much rattles you. And I think that that poise is one of the reasons why, I mean, you were, you were chosen as one of the top entre- entrepreneurs under 30, speak mm. at the White House. Like, I mean, your parents must be pretty damn proud of you. Like, let's put it <laughs> oh, this way, nice. right? You know, like, that's, you, you're, you are a high achiever without that crazy type A personality like it's quite interesting that you are so poised but you you know you diligently do what you have to do without doing too much I just really have never seen another entrepreneur like you so <laughs> I do want to say you're saying so many nice things about know, me it's very true you. I told you I admired you and it's bordering on girl stalking now but it's true <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's a really nice example to have out there that you know I do coach women entrepreneurs now and I remember, um, you know, when I was working out what I wanted to do and you were in the room, like I didn't know what I wanted to do really. I had this, you know, business where I had travel, travel to India for women. That was my yeah, online remember, business, remember? remember? And everyone was like looking at me like, what the hell is that business? <laughs> You're not going to make any money out of that. But I was like, just wanted to do a radical departure. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to get out there in a way that being in corporate didn't let me, but I had no clue. B-School, you know, was my first, you know, opened up this world of, oh my God, like, 
this exists. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that any of that existed. Did B-School, got into your courses too. Remember going the zero to WordPress, teaching myself Mm -hmm. how to use WordPress. Like I've seriously, you know how most people don't really do online courses and finish them? Right. Your courses I did. I did. because You were very diligent. Yeah, I was back then. Now I buy them and never open them. But... (laughs) Two thousand dollars? No worries. I'll buy that. Shit, I forgot to open it. Um, <laughs> have the best of intentions on that, but it doesn't work. But back then I did, and and you know that first meeting, and we we're really digging in in masterminds. Like, okay, well, what does Victoria want to do? And I was still like nothing. Everything was just drawing a blank. And we went to social the social media, and I was like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't really know enough about it. But as it turned out, that was fabulous. But even back then, I was kind of like. I just kind of want to teach women entrepreneur stuff, but of course I had nothing to teach them. I had to have my own business first. I was like, I just yeah, want to have had to learn around. things first. <laughs> yes. And you were kind of the one going, I think you just want to do that because Marie does that. I'm like, I don't, I don't. I want to. And you're like, forget it. You're not doing that now because you've got nothing to teach, right? And it was so true. But now I do have that. But most of the women that I mentor or that I'm coaching or giving them strategic advice on how to you know grow their business they are very type a they're very prone to workaholism (laughs) a little bit like me and you know I've really had to work out what to put into my business to to make that happen I'm not perfect at it at all so that's why I do want to dig into that just for more my own selfishness um (laughs) because I've always looked at Laura going she's doing it, she's doing it, I don't, you know, I want to know more about how, you know, you you don't get manic, but you've answered a lot of that, and I think it it just shows even today on the episode where, you know, you really just chart your path, and and you've owned it and and done it so well, so let's talk about Edgar, so how did Edgar, tell me what Edgar is firstly, and, and how that's a new direction in your business, and then let me know how that came about. Yeah, so Edgar is my first piece of software. It's mm-hmm. been a long time coming. So it's a social media uh, scheduling and sorting and automation tool. So it's similar to tools like Buffer or Hootsuite, but the mm-hmm. big difference is we keep a library of all of your social media updates so that you can automatically repeat them. Yes. You build out categories and you tell when you want this category to go. Um, and it's it, it's a tool that was that came from a training program actually in the Social Brilliant program. We teach people how to build out the spreadsheet of, of a social media content library so that it can be reused. And the problem was, like, there, there wasn't a tool to do it. You just had to keep it all in Google Docs spreadsheet, and it was really unwieldy and really messy. Mm. So it was really just more for our own use at our company. We're like, we need a tool like this. And we kind of figured, well, if no one buys it, you know, we'll use it. <laughs> we'll use it ourselves. Yes. Um, but that's really how the idea came about. And it was interesting because, you know, like obviously software has been a hot thing for a while and a lot of people, it's like a grass is always greener, right? People who do online training, they want to do software. Mm. And I know a lot of people who do software who want to do online training. And you know, a lot of people over the years have told me like, Oh, why don't you start a software business? But I never, I never had a good idea. Like Mm. I had bad ideas. I had lots of little things that, that no one would pay for, but (laughs) I never had an idea of like, this is a product that, that people really need. And I think it's just a good lesson. And like, you really, you really have to wait for for that great idea mm. to hit, you know, mm. for something that, that you really want to offer and the market really wants to buy. And it took five years of being in the social media world for that 
to happen and for that to come together for me. Um, but it's, it's, it's been out for a few months now and, and it has really come together. You know, it's really taken off and people are really, really getting it. Yeah. So that people can also find out more about how all that works at it's meetedgar.com, isn't it? Yeah. Meetedgar.com. Okay. Yeah. And who, who is it best for small businesses, large businesses, any business like who are you, ta- who is the ideal market? Are you still kind of, defining that or you, you've got that nailed now? Um, you're someone who, you know, social media marketing is like an important part of your mix. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have quite a range as far as the size of the, the business. Um, but you have to be willing to put some time into your social, you know, what overwhelms people about Edgar is that you are building up a library of content and a lot of yeah. people are used to doing their social on the fly one update at a time, yes. which is kind of funny because they look at Edgar and they're like, oh, I have to, you know, plug in 10 updates. Actually, it takes a lot less time to sit down and write 10 than it does to come up with something every hour, day. all day long, yeah. trying to figure out what you want to say. Um, but a lot of people aren't used to doing social that way. So if you're more if you're more casual with your social and you like to just kind of pop in and pop out and do it more for fun, uh, it's probably not a great tool for you. But if social media marketing is a big part of your marketing mix, you want to plan it more, you want to automate it more, you want to have a true content calendar, your social media, that's where you can really use Edgar. Yeah, great. And it's it's had really good, strong take-up already and people, rave reviews, I know, have been coming through and it's a great, great tool. So how do you see it? How does it fit with LKR, um, you know, socialmedia.com? Like, does, are they going to sit side by side? Are they part of the one, under the one umbrella? Or, what? you know, what are your thoughts on that? They're gonna yeah, I mean, of... we're really still, we're still figuring that out, you yeah. know. Uh, right now we kind of have Edgar and LKR Social Media as two separate businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't started an Edgar blog because we already have such a strong following on the LKR blog. It's a yes. social media blog, you know, it's very yeah. closely related. And I, obviously we're still operating with a small team. It's not like we just doubled the size of our team when we created oh. Edgar. You know, we're still a bootstrap business. So I was very careful not to just think that magically somehow we'd be able to do double the work and duplicate all the marketing we're doing for Edgar. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we don't have an Edgar newsletter, we don't have an Edgar blog. Uh, right now, we're just doing some other marketing things like funneling people into Edgar. So, you know, LKR social media might become more of just like a social media hub that helps mm-hmm. promote Edgar and send people to Edgar. We're, yeah, we're going to see how it all evolves. See how it, how it all works. But it, it's obviously for you, this is, does it feel more in your genius zone do it, working on Edgar or it's still just as great as the other business? Like what feels more right for you? It feels really fun, but I think the biggest reason I'm loving it is because I do have such a great team built up now. Um, Edgar is the first time that I've not done all the marketing myself. You know, Mm. out of all the things I've delegated, I've always kept marketing, really. I've I've had some help with it. But for Edgar, I'm not doing any of the copywriting. Our in-house copywriter is doing all of the... You know, he wrote an excellent homepage. He's doing all the emails, all that kind of stuff. And he's developed, like, this really fun, quirky voice for Edgar. So it's really fun for me, like, getting – just getting – like, he gets to be creative. He wrote Mm. this really great script for an Edgar video, and we hired an English voice actor to read the (laughs) script. And now we're, like, having an animator make the video. And it's just – it's so fun for me to be able to kind of oversee that Mm. kind of stuff and and have other people doing – the work, it almost makes it more satisfying, like seeing what the team can create rather than 
just what I could create myself. So that has been really, really fulfilling about Edgar. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Well, I'm eager to see even more about how how that comes about. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's great. It's great to watch. So tell me. So in wrapping up, like what you know, the theme of this podcast and and really what I'm hoping to put out there for for women online as well and talking to interesting women that I admire and who've who've had success at you know whatever varying levels it doesn't have to be okay great you made a ton of money but just Mm. you know living in you know their success having learned some lessons like for you what has been who's been kind of your greatest influence like whether it be it doesn't even have to be business like is there one pivotal person that you kind of think okay this really, you know, if that I didn't have that relationship, I wouldn't be where I am today. And there's probably a lot, but the most influential for you. You know, I wouldn't really name one person because it has just been a lot of of tiny relationships. I mean, I'm very, very lucky to have a lot of really amazing friends from mm-hmm. people, you know, that Obviously, Marie and I have a very mm. visible friendship where we created yeah. B school together, yes. and you know we've been able to create all this amazing success together. So she's it's, she's an amazing person who mm. obviously we were able to create this thing that now has just taken off so huge. Yeah, um, but like everyone can see Marie, but then I have a lot of other friends. Like when I was talking about Chicago, I always mm. think of a friend of mine called Adrian who she owned a lingerie boutique in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. And she's someone that I met really early on going to those networking events and just really clicked with. And I remember her sitting down with me and explaining like business finances, explain, I didn't know what a proposal was. Like (laughs) I knew you wrote stuff and like proposed things that you're going to do, but I didn't really know how the format was going to work. And she just, she was so generous with me. And so helpful in just answering all my questions, being so patient with me because, you know, she had been running a business for like 20 years and there have been so many people like her along the journey that that have been so giving to me and helped me out so much just telling me how to do things or just being able to think through things with me and reflecting with me. So I think I'm really the product of a lot of small friendships, some of them very very visible and some of them totally invisible along the way. Yeah, definitely. But it, it is such an important part of this journey, particularly having your own business and having like we're in, you know, a, just a smaller group of women that we get to mm. sort of dive in in just a Facebook group, which, you know, gives an amazing amount of support and guidance. And those kind of like little satellite communities, whether they're big or small or just one person, I know for me as well, it's made a massive difference and it'd be very difficult to say okay there was one person it's sort of one person at certain points of time I guess yeah yeah show you and everything moves along but what it does show you is that it's pretty difficult to do it on your own but I do have a feeling you probably still would have aced it regardless (laughs) even if you're sitting introverted and and having nobody come and influence you 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 would have still blitzed it I don't know it'd be pretty hard to figure out (laughs) I'd have to have google maybe if I had google you would just google it you would have done something but I think (laughs) I think stepping out and just just that one thing as well in terms of you know, jumping into Marie's um, coaching program or her mastermind, which I did a couple of years after you when you were actually part of it as a coach. Tell me how scary that was to invest in that and how it just easily became like, oh God, it was a no brainer. Of course I should have done it. Like tell me how that came about. You know, I think, 
I do think, like we were talking about earlier, one of my biggest kind of secrets to success has been going for higher level things earlier than mm. a lot of a lot of people do. And yeah. I joined Marie's Mastermind in 2009. Mm. You know, that first year that I that I started my social media business, and I think it cost it cost like fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars a year yeah. at the time. Mm. And I mean, that was. It was the the expense was totally outrageous to me. I mean, just <laughs> just so ridiculous, you know. Because I had been before that, it had been like I was never willing to pay the like sixty dollars a year or for five years or whatever to join the chamber of commerce, like all this stuff, you know. <laughs> it was so cheap. Um, so it it definitely seemed way out of my comfort zone, but it also was this really obvious choice because I wanted to build. An online business, and that's exactly what I mean. You know, now she's built literally one of the most successful online oh, businesses out amazing. there. Yeah. Even at the time, she already had a lot of success. Marie was. I most people don't know how early Marie was in mm. the game. She was really one of the the pioneers mm. of of online business. Yeah. Um, so by 2009, she already she already knew what was up, you know. Mm. So I knew that she was clearly the type of person who this is why she's been so successful with B school and with her videos. Like she just she doesn't hold anything back. She tells yeah. you the truth, you know. Yeah. She tells you exactly how it is. And I'm like, man, if I can if I can get somebody who's done what I want to do, they're gonna give it to me straight. They're gonna tell me how it really is. And if, obviously, we just hit it off too. And I'm like, and yeah. she's super fun to hang out with. So. <laughs> she is. Yeah, it's like, okay then, I'm going to give you right. 16 grand, ouch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, obviously it was in retrospect a, a really great decision. I, I learned so much from her and ended up partnering with her on B-School, mm. which has been one of the, the most lucrative projects I've ever done. Yeah, um, So it, it was clearly the right move, but you have to, like, you can't just... There's also this thing that happens now, though, where people just think, oh, if I just pay enough money into a coaching program, you know, then I'll just, like, it'll be some sort of magic bullet and I'll get it back. And, and that's definitely not the case. Yeah. And I, I think Marie was really great in always pitching that. It was never about the money, really, mm. even though it was rich, happy, and hot, and there was kind of this implied you're going to have more in your life. It was never... It never felt like, okay, well, I, you know, when I joined, it was $20,000. I think it was eighteen if you paid mm -hmm. up front, which still was an absolute, like, now I look at it, it was just a bargain. But, <laughs> you know, at the time, I'd never, I mean, I was like, I'm not telling anyone that I'm investing this. Yeah. It's so much money. Yeah. And this, you know, I don't even have a business. I have a travel to India business. <laughs> like, you know, I'm off, what? Um, but really, it's like she never pitched it like this was about you spend the money with me and you make this money back this was about the sisterhood it you know not motherhoody but it was it was this community of women who were all driven to succeed and but you know everyone was there to support one another and it was there's not that many places where you have a community like that and you know it was definitely a model that I want to bring into my mastermind that I haven't experienced in another mastermind um before like up to that time so yeah, I think that um, that that it w it was great the way it was never seen as like a put money in get money out, but it was just a real growth and development as as a business owner. So it's good to hear how you kind of got your head around that. I've yeah. Lost, yeah. Hang on, I've just lost you. Oh, there you are. I can see you. Sorry, I thought I might have lost lost sound as well. <laughs> it's okay. I'm all good. I think we've got this far. <laughs> so yeah. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Um, as 
as I said before, people can find you at lkrsocialmedia.com and check out Edgar, meetedgar.com. And um, just your Twitter is at LKR because you were one of the pioneers of Twitter as well. <laughs> you, got, you got a nice short handle. <laughs> true it's very impressive it is very impressive i love it so thanks for taking the time and um yeah i'll I'll be seeing you around all right thanks victoria thanks love i'm dedicated to bring the best marketers to you right here on sky high results online if you're a woman looking to rapidly grow your business with powerful online marketing campaigns and the support of a brilliant group of like-minded entrepreneurial women head on over to victoriagibson.com